Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Joey Galvez. I want to tell you guys a little bit about the Department of Metahuman Affairs. This one is a story about a team led by a retired sidekick, two felons, a failed actor from Broadway, and a reprogrammed cyborg. But their first mission is to stop the criminals who have robbed a bank, and they will have to set the world at ease. You're going to get 180 pages of entertainment action-packed awesomeness right here in the first six issues in a collected hardcover volume one all you got to do is head on over to kickstarter.com and type in the department of metahuman affairs or dma and check it out right now hey this is liz this is heather this week's episode we are in week three of our hobbit themed month and we have a special guest with us to discuss the return of the king Okay, hit that music. Hey guys, welcome back for week three of Hobbit Month or Talking Tolkien or whatever the hell we're doing because we still can't pronounce whatever the hell this month is supposed to be. But we're so excited because we are getting to the end of the Lord of the Rings movies. Today we're going to talk about Return of the King, but we are not alone, Heather. No, we're not. We have with us today a very special guest who's been on the show one other time, but we weren't. So this is the first time that we will actually be on the show with him. So we want everyone to welcome our buddy Brightfy, the comics guy. Hey, y'all. Um, yeah, we're going to pretend that first time didn't happen. <laughs> not not that I'm, I'm not that I regret it, because uh, trust me, I love the oh, guys. We, do. <laughs> we, we regret it a lot. <laughs> I just, you know, I, I, I tried. OK, I tried to keep the peace. It went off the rails. It, it, it really did. I mean, I love them as well. And we did edit it fairly heavily. So, uh, yeah, <laughs> you definitely kept some of the worst things out. <laughs> yeah. It's what happens when you put dudes around other dudes. They This is this is why we don't do that. <laughs> you single us out. You put us like one yeah. just one on one so we yeah. can't dude on you. Um so when you were first <laughs> announcing right. the guest, I thought you were going to announce our ghost army. Um you know cuz we're not alone. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we'd love to have a ghost army. Maybe they the could do some chores and, and then we could be like your your deed is sown, you're good. I, I was just thinking we could like send them ahead of us in Comic Palooza and just wipe out some of the super <laughs> creepers. That'd be awesome. Just, but just make sure you make a list of things you want them to do. That way they're not one and done. Right? They're like you, said and then you can't use them. We're out of here now. I think, yeah, I think they should have maybe made a little bit of a list there and said, "Hey guys, uh, we'd like for you to hang out until Sauron is gone, and then you can go." <laughs> we did this one thing. That was it. So. There's a lot of stuff in this movie where if they would just communicate better, mm -hmm. it's not gonna three. It's not gonna be a three and a half hour movie. Let's just say. Or that. maybe if you use the eagles that pull Frodo out of the fire uh, to take a ring and put it into said fire. But okay. Yeah, we'll find out more when we're reading The Hobbit next week about these eagles and moodiness. their uh, penchant for not. Uh, yeah, their moodiness and they're like, we are not fucking carrying you everywhere ever. So yeah, that's that's always the number one question. Anytime anybody even thinks about the Lord of the Rings, why don't they just take the eagles? I'm like because the eagles will tell them to go fuck themselves. So like, no, 
Well, you know, it's hard to hold so, on to a ring if you are an eagle. So you think that they wouldn't be as tempted. Yeah, I don't think they would be tempted. I don't think they would care. I think they're like the ants and the Tom Bombadils. They're just above it. They're part of nature. They don't really care about the the problems of the peoples. All right. So, I mean, if you're, um, so we just dove right in. <laughs> mm-hmm. To Return of the sure. King. Uh, the third in our Hobbit movies. Did you watch the extended edition, Bri-Fi? So, let me explain myself. <laughs> <laughs> I own the like Blu-ray extended edition. However, because of, uh, I don't want to say blame my son, but, you know, we're starting a new nighttime routine, which starts like right at 730 and I get home about 530 and we use the time in between to play and other things. And then by the time I'm done helping him, I'm exhausted. So I wasn't able to watch it at home. So I broke down and was trying to buy it on YouTube so I could watch it at work because I have way more free time at work than I do at home. And for whatever reason, you can o- you can only rent the theatrical release. You can't rent the extended. You can only buy the extended. And I'm not going to spend another 20 bucks on something I already own because yeah. I'm cheap. Right. <laughs> Yeah, same. How much? How much is different? I don't even know if I could tell you. Could there's about was thirty to forty minutes of extra stuff, extra scenes, and whatnot. That uh, if you watch it over and over again in their different capacities, you would definitely notice certain things were gone. If you were used to watching the extended and went to theatrical, but if you just watch the theatrical, you're not going to miss anything that will make the plot confusing. So it's just more stuff and yeah. it's not bad stuff it's good st- i mean they added some things that i think needed to be in there uh, we'll get into those but, but yeah so i don't i don't think I if don't, you watch the no. i don't think you're going to be lost or anything by any means yeah it's been years since i saw the first one so i can't remember what was different so i'm like <laughs> yeah, looks, looks the same to me maybe i watched the, maybe i watched the extended the first time. maybe um yeah i think there is a little bit more in the scene with the ghost army there's more there's a scene with uh eowyn and faramir in this one that was mm-hmm. not in the original. Um, uh, there's a else. scene with a uh, Saruman that's not in the theatrical. Yes. A huge, huge scene. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Massive scene. Not what happens in the books at all. But yes, a massive and wonderful scene that happens right at the beginning. It's like right up front. So was that the part where he, um, you know, showed his wizard ball? <laughs> was that, that the one? <laughs> Uh, yes yes so what we see is we see saruman is up there and he's got the palantir and he's showing them hey guys i know what's happening they're like oh that's how your mind got corrupted sure sure we got this and then they i guess they're trying to coax him down tell us what you know and he's like haha no and so uh i guess he starts being abusive to grima wernton who we've we've started to kind of feel sorry for now like at first you're like oh what a dick and then you're like oh He's a poor guy. Like, that's terrible. And then uh, after he gets a smackdown, he uh, kind of stabs Saruman like 12 <laughs> he just times. Kind of, he slips oh. and kind of just stabs him 12 times. <laughs> just kind of stabs him a little bit. And then Saruman goes, you know, head over heels, falling down the side of Orthanc and onto a most horrendous looking water wheel. Like, why were there spikes on that? I don't I don't understand <laughs> why there would have been spikes on it. But I guess because that scene needed to it look. It was literally cool, the... But most gruesome death and i think in the whole series like between and even with all the battles just him 
falling to his death, Mortal Kombat style, and being impaled yeah. on a freaking. You're like, oh, <laughs> like, oh my oh. god! <laughs> <laughs> like that was bad. Like I've seen a lot of shit here, but whoo. And I think he requested the death scene. Uh, like I said the book ending is a little different. I'm not going to talk about it here because it'll spoil it. But he does end up much further along in the story than uh, than what we see here. So. But it's not a better death or a de- not a better ending. So. Yeah, this one I think is better end for him versus the book. Although, like, we'll get to it in the end. But, like, I pre- I preferred what happened in the book. But yes. the end for Sauron or Saruman is way better. Way, way more satisfying because, my God. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, definitely, it's definitely well done here. So that's nice. So after we have so- the death of Saruman, we have... Pippin, I believe, has noticed that the Palantir has fallen because I think Grima actually throws it at them. Like, uh, ah, don't don't talk to us. And he like flings it at him. And then he's like, no, you dumbass, don't do that. And so now they've got it. Pippin picks it up out of the water. Gandalf tries to take it from him, but we see he's got a little a little glint. He's he's interested. He wants to know because he's a curious. And this is like my first thing where I'm like, if you would just tell him, hey, no, this is an eye to Sauron like because Gandalf knows he knows what it is he knows what it can do but instead of being like no this is bad and here's why he's just kind of like no like I I think that's the problem with with a lot of these powerful beings is that they just don't feel like they need to explain themselves to the bumblefucks and that is why they do much more bumblefuckery than they so much so you know Another wizard similar to that is a Dumbledore. <laughs> right. He does the same thing to Harry Potter. Mm-hmm. <laughs> He's like, I know everything that's going on, and you're going to die. But fun fact, <laughs> just do what you want. Yeah, I think a okay. lot of uh, a lot of the different pop culture things we know are, you know, we're stolen a little bit from Tolkien. So there's there's a lot of good yeah. crossovers. And you know, and since you brought that up, like I, I forgot this movie was filmed in 2003. It holds up very well, yeah. like visually. It's so stunning. Well. Mm-hmm. It still just seems so much better than the stuff we're seeing now, even exactly. seventeen years later. Yeah, they, you know, Peter Jackson and and obviously all the cinematography there. He's able to make it like a painting as opposed to like a movie. I, you know, right now we're we're like, oh no, we need the grit, right? But like Peter Jackson is like, no, let's make it <laughs> like a fresco. I mean. He's like, I have uh, over-smoothed this. (laughs) Now it's got a much more ethereal thing happening. I know. When I started using Photoshop for the first time on people faces, that was a problem. You have to learn not to do that. (laughs) Yeah. So, yeah, I'm like, my Zoom meetings, uh, they were like, auto touch-up. And I'm like, oh, yeah, this is fabulous. I'm never going to go and speak to you people in person ever again. Because I look fabulous. <laughs> I saw some, a meme somewhere that was like, y'all need to stop putting filters on all your selfies because when your ass goes missing, no, none of us are going to be able to find you. <laughs> be like, here's somebody with puppy dog ears. <laughs> Here she is with puppy dog ears and like her chin is shrunken. Mm-hmm. Here you go. <laughs> Good times. Okay. So, so anyway, now we have gotten the majority of the party <laughs> back together again. Because in the last movie, we saw them go off in like three different directions. Or yeah, they were two different separate. directions and one lagging yeah. three days behind for no reason we've been able to account for. So uh, now they're all back together and they are back in Rohan and they're trying to decide what are we going to do next? Are we going to go help Gondor when they call us? Are we going to stay here and hide? And, and the king is like, fuck them. They didn't come help us. And I'm like, well, you didn't ask for help, Theoden, at all. <laughs> Why would they know you're in trouble? I don't know. Refresh my memory. 
Which one is Theoden? Theoden is the king of Rohan, Thick. the original, the one who was old and Gandalf frees him oh, from yeah, the spell, yeah. and, and now he he's like, not yeah, so he was, old. He's, he's kind of yeah. selfish the whole time. Yeah, he's got he's got kind of a weak leadership style after he's been, uh, you know, seduced by Saruman. And I'm also wondering, like, what what mm. was he like before that? Was he a strong leader? It didn't seem to be. Like, if your could if your kingdom could slip like that and nobody really seems to notice, he may not have been that strong for a while. <laughs> yeah. Or they knew, and they're just, just like, well, let me try and get through to this little worm guy. Mm-hmm. Oh, the other thing that we get in the extended editions that we didn't have in the theatrical is this fun after-war party that they're having in Rohan, and they've got Merry and Pippin up yeah. dancing on tables and singing their Green yeah, Dragon song, which I've was delightful. That. So I do think that the last one I saw was the theatrical version, because I was like, I don't remember the ball. I didn't remember the dancing. Yeah, I, yeah the ball was there, but it was much... Mm-hmm shorter like it wasn't a they still went and they still talked to saruman blah blah he just didn't get murdered uh at yeah, the i was trying to remember for this part so with, with the extended in. scene that you're talking about um, so they have this weird like pippin stares at gandalf for a bit like this there's so many awkward stares and right. it's just throughout this entire franchise that's what they do they awkwardly <laughs> glance stare longingly and and yes. <laughs> But like well, one of the other things like, they add to this, which I like, like, is they start kind of showing Legolas and Gimli's friendship. Uh, you don't get this in the theatrical version. I had to look mm-hmm. up these on YouTube mm-hmm. to see what I missed. And they start having like a drinking game to see who could drink the most. And it's hilarious. It's fun. It serves no purpose, yeah. but it's fun. Well, and like if you don't have this, yeah. like it's the, fun though. You don't really get any Legolas Gimli stuff until like two hours into the movie. Like they're just kind of around until make two hours in you're like yeah. oh here yeah. we are and and even that is still just them being competitive with each other which this is as well but it's like what i love is you know gimli is completely trashed they have been drinking for probably an hour and like it's like this is like i feel something like he has like 40 mugs in front of him he's like a slight tingle in my fingers and i think it's affecting me because <laughs> he's an elf he's never been drunk before he doesn't need to eat or any of that kind of crap so you know, and then Gimli's like, what did I tell you? He can't hold his liquor. And then he just passes out completely. <laughs> He's like, game over. But we also get a nice little conversation with Aragorn and Gandalf, who are trying to, you know, have you heard any news from Frodo? No. Do you think he's still alive? You know, he's like, I don't know. And we don't, we don't know that. I'm like, well, the world hasn't fucking turned to darkness and ended. So I think if Sauron had the ring... You'd probably know about it by now. I'm pretty sure that's he not could feel it in his heart. keeping a okay. secret. He was in his heart. So it's fine. <laughs> what does your heart tell you? Yes. So so there's there's little cheese ball moments like that as well. And you're like, you're a fucking wizard. What what exactly he are holds you his good secrets for besides fireworks yeah. and the occasional fireball? We don't yeah. know. Well, we talked last episode about his incredible woodcrafting skills or his ability to have a bunch (laughs) of extra staffs just hidden in a tree somewhere because he loses his staff like 12 different times in this story. And he always has a brand new one that looks exactly the same as the last one until he turns to white and then the white one comes back. So it's like, I don't know. There's a point later on where he's... uh, He is going up against the Witch King of Angmar. And in the extended edition... We see this happen. I don't think it was in the theatrical, or if it was, it was much, much shorter. And he, the the Witch King actually destroys Gandalf's staff. But I'm pretty sure at the end, he <laughs> still has a fucking staff. So it's like they're just, 
we've got inconsistencies or he is in fact an incredible woodworker so on the other side of the token so we have the rohan side they're trying to get decided are we gonna go what's gonna happen he's not gonna go aragorn's pissed he's like fuck him i'll do it and gandalf's like no no stay here stay oh that's the thing so they all go to sleep as you do i'm like why are so many people this is a friggin' palace ish thing why is everyone sleeping in the same barn i don't understand but they're all sleeping in this big room except for pippin and then you've also got aragorn and legolas who are standing outside staring off into the distance for no real reason other than uh the elves don't sleep they don't sleep they kind of do this like waking sleep thing where they just wander in a daze but they're still like up and moving around and walking and talking but they might be asleep while they're doing it so he's just standing out there staring and pippin decides he needs to get another look at this palantir he's like i just i just want to look at it barry's like stop it dummy quit and he's like just it's fine it's fine gandalf won't be mad (laughs) and he does an indiana jones bait and switch where he takes the ball, but he puts like a big water pitcher in Gandalf's arm so he won't know the difference. And then he looks at the ball and he gets, I don't know. Traumatized. Trapped with it, I guess. Yeah. Well, now he's stuck and Aragorn runs in because Legolas is like, he's here. Like, he's like, is he? That's weird. And so, uh, yeah, he runs inside and they they pull the ball away from him, but now Aragorn's holding it. And so he's revealing himself somewhat to Sauron and you know of course Gandalf's just like yelling at the bumblefucks as he does and he's like oh wait you are in fact comatose I should <laughs> fix this did it I was like I, was, oh. I like it he was all pissed off and then he says but tell me what you saw because I need I need this information <laughs> like, right and the thing I noticed like so like freaking Pippin holds on to this thing for a long time as soon as like Aragorn touches it he drops immediately it's just like Ugh. Mm-hmm. And so, like, well, I was wondering, because, like, you know, uh, they give the ring to Frodo. They, like, Pippin mm -hmm. stands up a little longer to this magic. Are, like, hobbits, like, I don't know, are they, like, strong against magic or something? Like, do they have, like, magic defense that we don't know about? (laughs) Plus three to not being put to sleep for magical defense. Yeah, that's what my elf has in D&D. But, no, I think uh, Elrond actually says something in Fellowship when they first go to Rivendell where he says, you know, the Hobbit has shown extraordinary, you know, resistance to evil that with this ring. And I think that's just the thing. I think they're just like a really pure race. They don't think about conquest. They don't think about evil deeds and times. And so it takes a lot because even through all of this, Merry and Pippin, for the most part, still stay pretty happy. You know, I mean, orcs notwithstanding, they're just they're just kind of live in the moment. You know, they don't think too much about the future or the past. They don't take too much seriously. So I think the ring goes to work on like your heart and kind of the core of who you were, which is another reason why Bilbo was able to have it for so long without having, you know, a lot of effects. There were some, but not a lot of them. And, you know, and probably that's why I, I would assume Gollum probably stood up to it for a good long while. Not like, oh, I'm not going to do bad things because he was already a sneaky person. No, to begin he was with. bad right away. So, well, murder. <laughs> I mean, yeah. it's like, murder oh, is bad. <laughs> murder aside, he was fine. He was adorable. It, se- it seems to be less bad in these movies. They don't seem to care that much about it for the most part. But I think in the books they talk about how you know, Smeagol was actually a skulker and a sneaky guy. He was always playing tricks on people or taking things that didn't belong to him. And so once he got the ring, they didn't know what happened to Deagle. Nobody ever 
really found out what happened to him. He's just like, I don't know. We went fishing and all. And but they started noticing what he was doing and they didn't know why he was disappearing and why nobody could see him doing these things. But that's why they cast him out. It was like, you cannot be here anymore. <laughs> you are becoming wicked and you've got to go. But again, I think he already had kind of a dark heart. So but he was kind of a Hobbit character too. So it's yeah, like, uh, like yeah. the book, you get you get that. But in the movie, he goes from like, "Hey, can I have that?" Right, to, yeah. "Okay, I, I'm choking you to death now." <laughs> and you're dead. It was yeah. Very, yeah, it was a very quick turnaround. But by the way, Smeagol, not an attractive Hobbit. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, it was just like he looks better as Gollum. <laughs> I'm like, wow, Andy Circus. I'm sorry. You're an amazing actor, but a, just a disgusting human being to look at. <laughs> just an. <laughs> Okay, not that great a guy. Yeah, it's like, yeah it, <laughs> it just wasn't pleasant. That's all. So yeah, but no, I think that's probably the thing that just Pippin is very good of heart. He's very naive. He wasn't trying to touch evil. And again, Aragorn is not an evil person either. But I think he's seen more shit, and he has a lot more worries on his heart. And also, this is someone who's been hunting him, or you know, the the rumor of him his entire life. So I'm sure it does just knock you out. Plus, when Pippin picked it up, I'm, you know how someone calls you, it's like really late at night, you're like kind of half asleep. So probably that's what happened was when Pippin called, Sauron was still half asleep. And he's like, what? Wait, what's, oh, who hey, are babe. You? what is happening? What are, what are you doing? Yeah. And by the time he, by the time Aragorn grabs it, he's like fully awake. And he's like, oh, you, <laughs> done. So I don't know. That's my... That's my two cents on that. So I don't know. So uh, this is the point in the, which he figures out where uh, they're going next, right? Because he saw that it was a mm-hmm. dead tree in the middle of a courtyard. So now they say, oh, we've got to go warn Gondor. And Aragorn's like, I'll do it. They're like, no, you stay here. You can't go in yet. So anyways, but he has other things he needs to do. But Gandalf, again, doesn't just tell him. He just says, you need to take a different road. He's like, okay. <laughs> sure but he doesn't seem to know what it is until they get there he's like oh that road but then, even then he doesn't know that road it, uh, what's his name has to come in agent smith has to come that, in and be thing. like no you go down that road <laughs> well but even like like legolas we we're saying legolas kind of serves because he's so old and he's been around so much even though you're pretty sure based on the hobbit he's like never left murkwood before but he knows all the things as you do because i guess trees whisper and tell shit i don't know so he he serves as the like exposition person for these movies and so he starts to just that road is ancient there's dead people this is what happens here's the story blah blah and you're like oh that was incredibly helpful thank you legolas we're glad you knew that but you're right. It's not until Elrond comes with the sword that has been reforged and uh, Harwood is dying and we get this whole uh, made up plot point. It's super made up. Like and, uh, all yeah. of a sudden so she's dying. Yeah. For <laughs> no reason. Yeah. <laughs> like no reason at all. Uh, somehow her fate is now tied to the ring. I was like, that is. Convenient. And it's so vague. Like, uh, how is it tied? Is it tied? Like, <laughs> if the ring's destroyed, is she destroyed? Or, like, he just he doesn't say how it's tied. He's just like, oh, it's tied to it. How? Oh. I know, and it's like, and why? Because she wants to love you, but if Sauron kills you, then what? Like, it, it's so. Again, so much of this movie is like well done and thought out. This whole like storyline is just kind of. Eh. And I get that because they made it up. They <laughs> make up the whole fucking thing. I guess it's going to go off the rails a little bit. You are not Tolkien, it's, sir. I don't know. It, it's just weird. I mean, and by that logic, everyone's fate is tied by this ring, okay? Like, she's mm-hmm. being selfish. Yeah. She saw a ghost baby and got selfish. 
<laughs> well, don't we all? I don't know. Hmm. I don't know. So, but yeah, so so Elrond shows up. Oh, well, we've okay. skipped. We'll back up a step. So we've skipped ahead a little bit, but that's okay. So Gandalf and takes Pippin and says, "We are going to." We're going to Gondor. It's three days ride as the Nazgul flies, and you better hope we don't have one of those on our tail. Which is like, oh, well, that's terrifying. And then, like, my brain goes to like their actual journey. Like, I'm like, how long is this shit taking? Like, it seems like they've been on the road for six months, but they really haven't. And then it seems like all this other stuff takes six months, but it was really like a day. The timeline is very and it jumps around between because well, like they jump between yeah. Frodo and Sam. And everyone else, and things are happening either simultaneously or before. It, it, it's just, it's a shit show to try to follow along. <laughs> it's hard, yeah. And and we talked about this last week. Was that you know the books are written so that the full first half of the book is Frodo, and then the full second half is what's happening with the rest of them. So it kind of like goes back to the beginning where the other one started, whereas you know Jackson has integrated this so that it's running a little bit more concurrently but so we have gandalf who now has to ride to gondor at the same time seemingly uh faramir and his guard that have been pulled out of athelion where they saw frodo and sam two days earlier have been brought back to osgiliath which is their kind of outermost uh defensive city before you know between mordor and minas tirith and so they're there in this place that looks like it has been bombed to shit all the time. Like it looks, you know, those movies that you see like after World War II or during World War II where they've got just the bombed out buildings. It's like half a wall still standing. Mm-hmm. That's what this, this place looks like. So they're just standing around. They're like, oh, they're going to come. They're going to come from the north and we'll have to see them. But the orcs are super smart for okay, no orcs reason. Orcs can be smart. And they come in from the river. I, I don't like this discussion they're that just, orcs aren't smart. They can be very smart. <laughs> Heather, are you playing playing an orc? orc. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. These orcs are not the smart orcs, okay? (laughs) These are the dumb, dumb orcs. The Orokai were the very smart orcs. But we've got uh, Dr. Claw, who is running this orc brigade. Um, I don't know if you guys remember Inspector Gadget from the 80s. But this head orc guy that they have... uh, he sounds you finally exactly like just Dr. put Claw that piece together anyway. for me. I was like, he sounds like some <laughs> stupid cartoon character. And now, it, yes, oh my God. <laughs> Dr. Claw, yeah. It, it can, I hope it the is. the same guy. I don't know. I, I remember actually trying to look it up and think about it, but IMDb was not all that great in 2003. So <laughs> one of those, I'm like, that sounds like Dr. Claw to me. Like he just needs a cat. Like, I'll get you next time, Gadget. I don't know. So, <laughs> so he's bringing them in from the river. They go in and just they just wipe out the majority of the soldiers from Gondor. So Faramir and like a handful of guys make it back to the city to then have to face his father. And at this point, Gandalf and Pippin are there. Pippin is now a member of the, the guard. Yeah. Like what? He offered his service to what's his name? Mm -hmm. The steward of Gondor who is insane. This guy is insane and nobody knows why he's insane. If you read the book, you know why he's insane. He's an emo um, child. There's actually deleted scenes on that too, because he has a. Uh (laughs) Well, he's got the he's got a palantir as well, and so he's been like spying on the enemy. But when you do that, you're like letting the evil seep into your brain, like Mm -hmm. Sauron did. Um, But anyway, he is distraught because Boromir is dead. 
He's only stuck with his son, Faramir, who at this point he could just not give a fuck about. So he's like, um, I don't think we should abandon the outer defenses, even though it is overrun with 4,000 more orcs than you have soldiers. So you should go back and take it. So Faramir's like, all right, think, uh, you know, maybe think better of me when I come back, you dick. And he's like, meh, maybe. <laughs> nah. <Probably> not, though. <laughs> okay. And then we get uh, one of my favorite, you know, there's a lot of songs and stuff that happen in this, but we get one of my favorite, Pippin singing while uh, Denethor is disgustingly eating the sloppiest foods on the planet and grossing yeah. everyone out. He sings so beautifully and so purely. It's it just delightful. delightful. But that, what you're talking about, the, yeah. But oh, sad. It's very sad. But that part where they, mm-hmm. this lip smacking, eating food thing. It oh, almost so makes gross. me not want to watch a movie when they do that as a as a directorial choice. I I hate it. Uh-huh. I think it's awful. It's well, it's gross, and also because it is running concurrently with Faramir taking the guard, trying to charge back, and just you know they are now going to be shot to death by arrows, and so that's disturbing. And, you know, because when they were trying to get out the first time, they had a Nazgul chasing them and Gandalf had to run out there and save them with his bright light stick. I don't know, blinding them with his flashlight. And they're like, oh, white, white light, got to go. And but so when while they're doing this, we see this montage of the horses charging and the soldiers, you know, bouncing around and just determination and grit. And then we just see the orcs like all raise their arrows back and let it fly. And that's happening at the same time that he's doing all of this disgusting mouth chomping and cherries bursting and dribbling down his face. All the things that a lordly person should be doing. And but it's just again, it's, it's just it's. It's to me, it felt a lot like this is the gore that is happening out on the field, you know, with with this is what's happening to their army that is out there trying to, you know, to deal with this. So I don't know. Yeah, that, Peter Jackson I, yeah. definitely makes an artistic choice here. But, you know, mm-hmm. it's subjective. Art is always subjective. And to me, this is the most disgusting part of the movie. Sure. <laughs> Mm-hmm. and so like gross. my other issue with this is so gross like he start okay so he starts eating when Faramir is up there with him and he's like telling him like no you go go die mm-hmm. and so Faramir he's got to walk all the way right. down because it's he's not at the bottom of the hill he's at the top of the hill and supposedly that from where the kingdom is to like the edge where later he jumps off is a mile long so how the hell does he get all the way down there out there almost dies about to be brought back and this dude is still eating like uh, mm-hmm. i hate movies <laughs> like yeah because i can't not well, think about these things yeah i, know, I mean same. This, this particular scene i think that we already had the disgust and it's almost like that the eating and the and the um uh just that part of it it was almost like cheapened it it made it like oh and then i'm gonna throw something in that always makes you hate somebody where it's like, it's like oh mm-hmm. hey i need to make this movement tense oh let's disarm a bomb right you know well, and, and then they put this beautiful song of sorrow and sadness on top of it, just echoing through the hall. And so it is. It, it's one of those that, that we always talk about, like Oscar bait movies are just emotionally manipulative. And that's kind I thought of what the scene the same is. point without the extra. Like, I didn't think it needed the yeah. extra. I yeah. thought that it was. Anyway. Well, we talk about this a lot. I am just ardently against uh, open mouth kissing and eating in movies. I don't want to see it. It's just grossing me out. Yeah. Like, like, there's a way to do a romance scene without the smacking and the weirdness. Like that's not that's not sexy. It's just kind of 
gross. It reminds you of like junior high kids trying to kiss and not knowing what they're doing. Just like (laughs) if you guys have seen the newer Jumanji movie, the Mm -hmm. first one, the Mm -hmm. next level, and you see a scene with The Rock and Karen (laughs) Gillan where they have they're going to kiss. But they they don't know how because they're, you know, high school kids who've never seen anybody before and they're trying to kiss. And it is so clumsy and gross looking from these two beautiful people. And you're just like, ah, and that that is what eating on screen and on screen kisses always kind of looked like to me. So anyway, there's a way to do it. But a lot of a lot of directors just and it's always male directors, but a lot of them just like they get in there too close and it's, yeah. it's gross. I don't know. There's a reason why you can't actually so anyway. see what's going on when you're doing that. Right. And, you know, and that's, yeah, exactly. And it was like, close your eyes. Your open eyes are creeping me out. I don't know. I was just writing about this in my book yesterday. Ah. So anyway, Mm -hmm. back on. So up to this point, we have grown to just love Faramir. He is such a beautiful, beautiful soul. Now they did him a little bit dirty in the movie for Two Towers because they make him look like he's going to take the ring from Frodo and like he's going to be tempted like Boromir. That doesn't ever happen to his character in the book. He's very pure all the way through, and that's delightful. And then, you know, his dad just hates him for whatever reason. You know, he just loved one son, didn't care much for the other. And 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 so we, like, we feel for him, and we have all of this angst towards Denethor because he's such a shit dad. And you're like, okay. I, oh. And then we get this scene where it very much appears that everyone is going to die because there's no other choice. Yeah. But what a smart horse to make it all the way back dragging someone. (laughs) He's like, I'm going home, guys. I did my job. I'm out. Let's take a quick break. And when we come back, we will finish talking about The Return of the King. Okay. Some podcasts are like this. The bodies of three hikers were all empty and their organs were laid out like a Sunday dinner. And some podcasts. I like this. You know what? I'm going to tell you why having a large penis ain't always a good thing. But only one podcast is where you can get in-depth analysis like this. Oh, you want that to blow up in real life? Fuck it. Let's oh, do you're it. such a money slut. Take it all. <laughs> <laughs> you want to turn that boy into goo into a fucking helicopter? Yeah. Uh, fuck yeah. <laughs> goo him up a lot. You are now listening to Call 45. This is Beat'em Down. And I'm Random Randy Savage. Find us on all your podcatching apps like Podbean or Spotify. And follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Or just go to www.cult45podcast.com. Also, check out our YouTube for that sweet, sweet video content. And for just $3 a month, you can join our Patreon at patreon.com backslash cult45podcast for exclusive content and swag. Cult 45, the only podcast that puts hair on your chest. That's What I'm Talking About follows me, Mary Clay, on my first ever journey through Lord of the Rings. Each week, a guest joins me for a chapter-by-chapter discussion of the books, where I also make some bold predictions. My current theory is that it's going to end like the movie Holes when Stanley is carrying Zero up the mountain because Madame Zeroni cursed his family. Oh my god! That's What I'm Talking About every Tuesday, wherever you get podcasts. All right, we are back. Weren't those some amazing promos, guys? Yeah, the best. Yeah, awesome. Only the best. Best promos ever. <laughs> so let's talk more about what's happening next. So we've had this issue. Faramir has now come back. He's he's not quite dead, but Denethor doesn't much care. He's going to burn him alive and himself. He just wants to be sad. For he, no he just, just He's selfish. Yeah. He's like, everyone look at me and how sad my life is. I'm not even really a king. I, my sons <laughs> suck. 
everything is awful. <laughs> well, I think he's like from a psychological perspective, I think what we're looking at here is uh, it's called Munchausen syndrome by proxy. So you're not getting enough attention as a human. So you let bad things happen to your kids so that people will feel sorry for you. So that seems to be like his thing. He's super narcissistic and just obnoxious and he's lost his mind. So now he's we're going to burn like the heathen kings of old. And you're like, OK, why? <laughs> weird. <laughs> That's so weird. And he's not dead. Like, he's just going to set your fucking kid on fire. I feel like, fire. like, like the like, dudes that he has around him are like, hey, man, if it means getting rid of you, I'll light anyone on fire right now. Like, that's fine with me. I know. I know. You're like, okay, shouldn't these guys be a little bit more? But, but yeah, you're right. They're like, I'm just over this. Like, I just want to get off of this high tower and go hide somewhere. There's no way the next guy point. could be like, this bad. I'm just like, <laughs> Donald Trump yeah. enters the room. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, Ugh! <laughs> never mind we dig it back <laughs> but yeah so you know so poor pippin is just he's such a good kid you know he's such a good kid here he just desperate to get faramir saved and he does so good on you but then we've got uh we've got the army the mordor army has been released and somehow they have spent an extra this is the stuff i think about how much time did it take them to build all of these massive rolling towers that they're pushing around and the big ass wolf head that they use to bust it or like they have brought some serious equipment with them. I think about this during Helm's Deep when they bring these like hundred foot ladders along as well. Could you imagine like trekking the 20 leagues from you know, <laughs> Isengard to, you know, Helm's Deep with a hundred foot ladder? And how are they logistically lifting these things when they already have 3000 Urukai on them? This is the shit that goes through uh -huh. my mind with these. They look cool. <laughs> they look cool as hell. But you're like, hmm. How does that work? So that's kind of how the whole franchise works. It looks cool. Mm -hmm. I mean, magic. Magic makes it work. <laughs> yes. Exactly. You're like, it's fantasy. Just go with it. Pay no attention to the man behind the... <laughs> <laughs> so we have that. They're all lined up. They're banging away at the door. They're, you know, they're trying to get in as best they can. They're breaking into certain levels of the city. And we're seeing the, the you know, they had... Gandalf had made Pippin go up and sneakily light the, uh, the beacon so that they would get word to... Rohan that fuck hey, we need help we don't have phones and it's three days away and they I love that shot where they all the the signal fires mm -hmm. are lighting across the mountains yeah very cool it's just a, a cool cool idea and uh, well executed but and so they're on their way what go ahead who is living in these places to light <laughs> these fires and are they just watching and constantly half, half of them are on the very peaks of mountains and there's no houses to be seen, like no kind of camp or housing. So how, like, and me, so I used to be a security officer and I can guarantee you, I am not staring at what I'm supposed to be staring at for 24 hours a day. And right. so the fact that these guys were like, hey, fire and immediately light, there's no way. It'd be like mm -hmm. hours before someone was like, yeah. oh shit, is that? Ooh. It would be, they're big <laughs> enough to burn for hours. So that's helpful. But yeah, it, it um, you know, it is sped up and that looks, but it looked really cool. So it does. It looks cool. So Rohan is on their way, but it's a long it's a long road. And man and horse must still have the the strength to fight when they get there. And what we've seen is that Aowen, who we adore, uh is mad because they want to leave her behind cuz she's just a little lady and uh she's pissed cuz she wants to fight and die in battle. She also makes a play for Aragorn again, and this time he's like Bitch, please. And so <laughs> she's like, now she's suicidal. She's like, I just want to die in battle. I just want to die in battle. And so she dresses up as a dude 
and Mary has been told he can't go because he's too little, and that's you know condescending. So, so she she rides along with him, and there no one notices a lady in a hobbit on a horse, which sounds like the beginning <laughs> of a joke, doesn't it? <laughs> so anyway. So, you know, they're making their way. Uh, Aragorn has gone through the mountain of death to find the ghosts. And the ghosts have got attitude. They have got serious attitude. I like watching Gimli's face as he's trying to walk through these mountain passes that are covered in skulls. (laughs) Like, how many people were living here that there are just skulls everywhere? Maybe that's just where you toss them. He's, like, breaking them. They're just all the way through. And, uh, yeah, so he... I don't know. He bitch slaps the ghost king. Fight for me, blah blah. And so mm-hmm. he sneak. You know they they bring the they bring the house down on him. They like destroy the mountain on top of him. And so he goes out and he's sad. He sees the corsair ships and he's lost hope. And then the ghosts are like, "We fight for you." And we're like, "Yes." Does that really have- okay? So. I watched the theatrical version. Is it- oh, yeah, that was an extended scene. Okay. Sorry. Because I was like, <laughs> no, he just walks right out of there. Like, or, well, you don't even know what happens. He's just like, what say you? And then we right. we fuck off for like another 20 minutes. <laughs> like, that's kind of how in this the movie theatrical, goes. Yeah. Yeah. In the theatrical scene, the ghosts are just like laughing at him. Ha, 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 ha. And then the like skulls just pour out of everywhere for no reason. Again, how many people were living inside this mountain? I don't know. So they have to run out before they are, you know, murdered by skulls. I guess that was the last test. I don't know. So then the ghost king comes out on the hilltop where they're watching these ships come in. And he's like, we'll fight. So you're like, oh, Yeah, because cool. I did not remember that scene either. And I was like, what is this? Like, I, right. I remember a different. I, in fact, I thought that they just, you know, said screw off and, you know, just. Uh, mm-hmm. Yep. Surprise. You know, so he does come back. So now we're like, OK, cool. That's going to be good. And at the same time, Frodo and Sam and Gollum are trying to climb the steps of Kirith Ungol. Now, we have not talked about the Smeagol issue. And I think we forgot to talk about it last week as well. So we have a point where Smeagol tells Gollum to go fuck off. And he is a much happier little hobbit than he was, even though he's still Mm -hmm. crazy. Uh, But then it's, I guess, Faramir's army kind of beats him up trying to get information out of him because they're dicks. And so now he's sad and he thinks that Frodo has tricked him. And this is one of the things where the consistency between the theatrical and the extended can get weird because there's a point in the last movie right at the end where, where Sam turns to Gollum in the extended scene and says, you know that he was trying, Frodo was trying to save you. He didn't mean for those Rangers to hurt you. He was trying to save you. So no hard feelings, right? Like he knew that this was going to be a turning point or a problem. And so Gollum's like, oh, yeah, no, you know, no hard feelings. It's fine. It's cool. Yeah, save me. Sure. That's great. And then two seconds later, he's crying and crawling through the woods. And now he's like, I will kill them. (laughs) Oh, I know. We'll let her do it because we promise not to. So they're going to take them somewhere super dangerous. And so that's where they're going. Super dangerous, which he was already taking them. I mean, it's like he could have easily died anyway regardless it really right. didn't the whole exactly. journey is super yeah. dangerous like right. <laughs> there's nothing safe about this <laughs> no there really isn't there are no safe paths and uh so they are now climbing up the side of a mountain up the stairs of kirith ungol or the pass of Kirith. i don't know some stairs and a path and then there's a dark terror that lives there so they're going up the stairs right as the army like the witch king's army starts to pour out of 
the things, so they have to hide. And I think it's really funny because you come back later and they're way, way up the hill. You can still see the army firelights walking below, like still pouring out of the the fortress. So that's kind of a cool shot. It is but really cool. At, yeah, but at this point, you know, they're climbing and they're exhausted and they lay down to take a break. And, you know, uh, Sam's already threatened Gollum for the millionth time. And we've kind of decided that Gollum is kind of like a horcrux for Sam. Like he's just, he's just mean and angry about this little guy all the time. And so he threatens him. He's like, you know, if, in, you know, if the hair stands up on the back of my neck, you're done. No more stinker, no more slinger. And he does. Like from the second Gollum shows up, Sam just becomes a different guy. He, he wants to protect Frodo. He doesn't trust this guy, and he he turns a little mean. But when he falls asleep, uh, Gollum decides to set him up, and he crumbles the limbus bread on top of his shoulder and then basically tells Frodo that he's eaten all the food, even though he's just thrown all the food off the side of the cliff. And we're like, what? No. So and It's crazy. So, like, earlier in the movie, Frodo's like, no, Sam, you need to eat. Like, bro, like, don't, don't just, you know, say, like, save all the right. food. Eat. And then now... In theory, Sam eats the bread, and now he's like, "How dare you eat? <laughs> you are a fat hobbitess." <laughs> like, that's so mean. A fat yeah. hobbit is always so polite. Yeah, well, and like, so like their relationship uh, between Sam, Frodo, and uh, Smeagol Gollum is—I honestly feel like it's kind of like a, a thing about addiction, and, mm-hmm. and so like it's in. It's very interesting to watch because Sam's like, you know, the family member, the straight person who is, you know, tough, love, so- yeah. sober, and he's watching his loved one, Frodo, just fall deeper and deeper and start depending more and more on, on Smeagol when it used to be him. Yeah. And, right. and so it's like this weird fight, but it's a delicate fight where if you push too hard, Frodo turns to drugs or the ring and, or, and Smeagol and it was very interesting when I started kind of thinking about it that way and watching as this, because it really plays out that way. And it isn't until Frodo kind of hits rock bottom near the very end mm-hmm. that he's able to kick the addiction literally off the, you know, the edge, <laughs> but it was very interesting to kind of watch it through that viewpoint because it, it really mm-hmm. fits. And I think a lot of people have said like um, Tolkien written has wrote a lot of these books based on a lot of things. I think they were even basing some of it off of post-World War II uh, Europe in some mm-hmm. ways. And so it, it's very interesting just to kind of go back and look at some of these things. Yeah. Diff- yeah. If you haven't seen it and if you have HBO or HBO Max, highly recommend watching Tolkien with Nicholas Holt that is out. It is amazing. It is about the life of J.R.R. Tolkien. And it goes through, you know, like as you're watching it, you can see how he's developing things that we will, uh, you know, we will know as part of the story later. And it's just, his story is beautiful. The war stuff is, I mean, it's horrifying, but it's beautiful as well. And so I, it's just, oh, it's just so good. So good. So highly recommend. So yeah, there was a lot of that kind of stuff in there. He lost several people who were very close to him uh, in the war. And, you know, a a couple of them went down bad paths after the war because of injuries or just PTSD that nobody knew what that was at the time. So I I think that that's a very spot on uh, observation there. So points. (laughs) (laughs) You win. Okay. So, so we've we've got this drama that's playing out on top of the cliff, and Frodo goes into the deep dark tunnel with Gollum because he's stupid, and he's attacked by a gigantic spider. So yeah, 
I hate this Yay. part, this whole part. My yeah. absolute nightmare. Yeah. Ugh. The worst. It's terrible. But I'm also <laughs> at this point, I am so mad at Frodo for being such a dick. And I, it's like, I get it. He doesn't have a lot of control over what's going on. But it's like, mm, motherfucker, don't treat Sam so bad. Like, God, I hope you get stabbed again. <laughs> I, <know. laughs> I really hope that spider eats you. Like, I don't know. It's just terrible. It's kind of like the Twilight books where you just start to hate Bella about three quarters of the way through. You're like, oh, yeah, I hate her face. I hope yeah. they do kill her. Anyway. Um, yeah, so we go back and the battle is not going well for Gondor. Things are not going well. They are massively outnumbered. They seem to have had only 25 people in their army to begin with, which makes no sense because it's like the biggest kingdom in Middle Earth. And, uh, mm -hmm. you know, they just like they've moved into the first circle. Now they've moved up to level two and it's just getting really shitty. They're in the thing and fighting and Gandalf's like, fight to the last man. And they're like, fuck you, we're tired. And because uh, it's war. And then as the sun is coming up, my favorite part of this whole series happens. And the sun is coming up and we just hear this gorgeous, loud horn call just chiming in the, in the dawn. And it's like, oh, my God, they're here. <laughs> it's when Rohan mm -hmm. shows up. And it is like for me, I almost seriously like, burst into tears every single time this part happens. And I know it's coming, but it's still the way that they have layered the cinematography and like what they're the, what they're saying, this this impassioned speech that the king is giving about how we're going to we're going to ride hard for death, for glory, for Rohan, that kind of thing. And and then the music, the score that is swelling behind it is just like I'm getting yeah. goosebumps talking mm -hmm. about it right now. Like it is just so beautifully done that there's you would have to be 100% dead inside to not get some sort of chills when this is happening. So are you guys dead inside? Oh, or no, it's a great part. part. Uh, but, you know, it's I mean, there's 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 a scene like this in every single one of the movies, though, like, you know, mm -hmm. when um, uh, Gandalf comes back, right? Um, uh, yeah. same thing like you're at you watch it you know what's happening and you're like oh my god look at this you know <laughs> and it's a I know. And it's it's so funny to watch them because, of course, he gives this big speech and it looks like a large force. And then we get like a, a perspective shift. So now instead of looking at them head on, the camera has panned behind them. And we are seeing an army of like 6,000 against what looks like 6 million. Like it's just almost comical, like how small this group is and how overwhelming that is. You're like, how the fuck yeah. are they going to do that? Holy shit. But they are lunatics is what it is. If you look at the scene when they start to run and they start to, you know, they've done their death chant and everybody's like, we're on. Watch Aomer's face. He looks like a fucking yeah. lunatic. <laughs> his eyes are huge. He's screaming his face off. Like, and you can see it on the faces of the orcs. Like, they're like, what the, what is happening? And they start to like back away. Like, what the, these people are fucking crazy. Like, I didn't sign up for this shit. And you just see this small force just barrel its way through this massive army. And I don't know. There's something in there that just anybody who feels like a little guy, I guess, just, yep. just gets that. You're like, yeah. <laughs> so I don't know. It's, yeah. It's beautiful. I love it. But it's still ridiculous. They're not no, going no. to win. Right? They're not going to win. And that's when the fun stuff starts. <laughs> because now the – okay. So the, the extended scene, if you didn't watch this one – is where the Corsair ships are coming up and Aragorn, Legolas, and Gimli are standing on the shore and they're like, you may go no further. And they're like, sure. 
like, uh, what? Like, we've got, like, big boats. We're on the boats. Like, you're three people. Fuck off. Whatever. This is where we get... Oh, we didn't even talk about this. In every movie, Peter Jackson has given himself a cameo. Mm-hmm. Him and his kids. His kids get to be in every movie, too. Actually, I'm not sure... Nope, they are. They are. They're in the last one as well. So anyway, um, but he is the bosun that gets shot. So Aragorn tells Legos, like, fire a warning shot above the bosun's ear. And Gimli's like, mind your aim. And he does this juvenile thing that that boys do. And he bumps him while he's shooting. <laughs> it shoots Peter Jackson through the heart. And they're like, oh, shit. <laughs> they're like, yeah, you prepare to be boarded. They're like, but you and what army? And he's like, this army. And that's when the ghosts yeah. show up. And that's like very overwhelming. And so then they just, you know, like the boat comes up and they're like, ah, the pirates are like, ah, pirates come late again. The little weird orc guy with a funky jaunty hat. <laughs> like Aragorn jumps off the boat and he's like, uh, what? And then the ghost army just goes and wipes everything out. And you're right. They should have laid things out in the contract a little bit better because, yes, you wiped out this massive horde. However, Mordor is filled with more. Yeah. But yeah, so they come in and they start wiping things out. However, our heroes are all still fighting as well. And we have the competition going between <laughs> Legolas and Gimli that they started during Two Towers where they're trying to decide who's killing more. Uh, which is is a really weird competition for Gimli to even participate in because because Legolas is shooting everybody with arrows from like 50 yards away and Gimli has to get right up close. But we get this cool scene. So we have the cool Legolas scene in Two Towers where he whips himself up onto the horse, which was awesome. In this one, we get him scaling an Oliphant, like cutting the things off and killing all the people on the thing because it's got like it's like a battle elephant, so it's got people all over. And then he does this thing where he shoots it in the head and, like, slides down and perching on the, the trunk. <laughs> Gibbley's like, that still only counts as one. So there's there's some comic relief happening in a lot of these things, which I think is yeah. necessary when you have these big emotional battle scenes, especially for people like me who've got anxiety. <laughs> like, oh, this is too much. It's too much. And they're like, oh, ha, that was funny. And it lets you like relax a little bit before the next scene of horror. <laughs> uh, murder, funny. Yay. <laughs> it's hilarious. Don't tell Peter what happened. <laughs> <laughs> but then we, after this has happened, we get the, you know, uh, King Theoden is still riding through, commanding the army and rallying the troops. And he is being stalked by the Witch King of Angmar on his big fell beast, I think is what they call those flying nightmares that they ride, the mm-hmm. little dragon guys. So he, uh, you know, he comes down and basically knocks Theoden off his horse and his horse on top of him, which does not bode well for people when a gigantic horse lands on top of them. Uh, and so he's going to let the fell beast eat the horse and probably the king and Somebody comes up and chops its head off, and it's Eowyn, mm-hmm. right? She's still got her mask on, though, so nobody knows. And you're like, oh, you stupid fool. Don't you know no man can kill me? And Mary sneaks up and stabs it in the back, like in his in his calf or something. And so it falls down. She's like, ah, oh, whips off the helmet. I am no man, and just drives a thing into his face after she's fought with him. 
Anna it, is awesome. it was, but you know, it's like, okay, so this is the moment we're going to be like down with the patriarchy. How dare you tell me that I'm a man? <laughs> like I got shit to do. <laughs> I got to stop, give a speech. And this is funny because she's wanted to be seen as a warrior and, uh, you know, valor and glory and all the things. And now she's like, I am no man. I'm a woman. Ah. And I did love that though. It was very, it was very great. What I don't like is the just complete ignoring of Mary after all of this. Like, poor guy is just left for dead on a battlefield. <laughs> just bye. They just don't even care. Like, I was like, ugh. And the same in the book. Like, it annoys the shit out of me that they just sort of like, meh, little hobbit. He's fine. I mean, probably. Out of all the hobbits, Mary's just, you know, he's there. Like, I mean, Pippin has his moment. The other two, Frodo and Sam, are really great. Mary, you know, he's there, smoke weed and stab people in the calf. Like that's what he does. That's how I feel. That's how I feel about Pippin, though. I think Pippin is what uh, Brent and PJ call the bumblefucks, which I think is hysterical because it really does, um, you know, it, it really does lay them out perfectly. But I think he's much more mature than Pippin is. Pippin just seems to fuck everything up, and he's like, "I'm oh, sorry, I didn't." It's cool, right? I didn't mean to look at it. And they're like, um, he thinks you're Frodo, dummy. Like, they're going to come here and kill everyone. Oh. Uh, yeah. Interesting. Oh. And, and that's, God, you know, God. that's like hobbitist, you know, thinking all hobbits look yeah. the same. Yeah. How dare yeah. these people? <laughs> well, and that's the thing is like, they, they completely discount the fact that Mary has, in fact, mortally wounded, like helped mortally wound the friggin' Nazgul that nobody could kill. And they're just like, oh, it's all Eowyn. It's, she did it. It's great. Hey, don't take but this moment away lady. from her, okay? Like, <laughs> but she's still, she earned but the, it. But that's the thing. They're like, they're like, she did this amazing thing, but you know, she's still a lady. She chopped off she that chopped dragon or Nazgul's head. Like, that's <laughs> impressive. There's spine. There are like all uh, kinds of other things. It's lots of sinew happening there. I'm sure that is a that's monster. Be a sharp sword. Yeah. She's got man arms. Is what she There's has. No way. Yeah. Like that is that. Re- Unless it's made out of like a spaghetti noodle, that um, that required a lot of upper body strength and a lot of leverage. Mm-hmm. Totally. I don't know. That's that's the thing about this is she is such an amazing character, and they, from what I have read, they actually Tolkien actually intended her to end up with Aragorn, which is why she's as strong as she is. But then somewhere in there, he's like, mm, no, I want her to end up with Faramir because he considered himself Faramir. So he gave the girl to himself. So selfish. I think she's, well, she was supposed to represent like his, his wife, his love. And so that was kind of cool. And then he's like, okay, we got to tie things up here. (laughs) And so things start happening. So they move Aon. They think she's dead when they find her. Aomer finds her. How he recognizes his sister, a blonde haired, tall person in boy armor among all the other tall hair, blonde haired people wearing boy armor on this field is beyond me. He just runs. And he's not like he stumbles upon her. He runs from like across the field screaming because he's a lunatic and they think she's dead. So they take her inside. Like I said, they leave Mary and they, and there's an added scene in the movie where um, you know, she's in the house of the healers and she's dead. I mean, she's basically dead. And Aragorn comes in sneakily. He sneaks into the city because he's not supposed to come in until he is the king. Um, but he sneaks in and the hands of the king are the hands of a healer. So he goes in and puts the Athelas, king's foil, whatever it is, on top of her arm and across her head. And she <sighs> wakes up and 
then then they go to the, they don't show this part in the movie but they, they go to the uh, the warden of the house of the healer is what they call him he's a warden and they tell him by the way when she wakes up she is going to want a sword and she's going to want to come back to battle you have to keep her here <laughs> she in fact has a broken arm and a dead arm so maybe you have to keep her here <laughs> like uh great so <laughs> but then they add the scene because Faramir, who has since been rescued by Gandalf and Pippin and not, in fact, burned alive, he is also uh, in the House of the Healers trying to recover from all the things and probably some pretty severe issues with his dad lighting him up with kerosene for a little bit there. He doesn't even kept on and fire. Like that, he does though. Like when you see him roll off, like hit the back of him's on fire, but then he's you know his puts it out with his hands. Yeah, his, his dad still, covered still Bernie. No, his dad <laughs> covered himself like all the flammable oil is over everything, mm -hmm. right. and this homie doesn't like he's not Deadpool in the face <laughs> anymore. Like <laughs> he should have been. Well, because they even show like when Pippin's trying to roll him off. He's rolling him through, through the, the fire. He's got no burns at all. He is mad healing skills. I, I so. am just upset. You know, I mean, I get <laughs> this is a fantasy movie, but I need a little bit of realism here. OK, if you're going to put flammable <laughs> liquid on a human, he needs to right. ignite because like, look how Something fast happen, uh, yeah. his dad. Uh, what is it? I forget his name. Dick dad. Whatever. Yeah, <laughs> like he just yeah. immediately erupts in flames. Now, granted, but he can he can run a mile to jump <laughs> off the key point. I, of the, you know, and that is arguably a hundred yards at best. Yeah. <laughs> like they show you from tip to the doorway, like how far he has to run. And yeah, I don't know. I, I mean, if it takes him as quick to run as it takes him as long to eat cherry tomatoes, maybe. But I don't know. <laughs> He was just as messy. Well, could you imagine if you were the person standing down below when flaming Denethor comes down on your head? Ugh. Well, I mean, by this point, I think raining bodies was nothing new to these poor people. <laughs> they, they were having headless, like our heads launched at them. Nazgul were lifting people up and throwing them. At this point, oh, this one's on fire. Well, at least it'll clean itself up, you know, like. And for societies that have like no explosive capabilities there sure were large shards of bricks flying everywhere everywhere like okay they're just all right cool but then they looked a little bit like those 3d puzzles that you can do <laughs> you know if you ever like put one together how they look that's kind of how Minas Tirith looked to me when in that part when things were breaking open they looked much more like a puzzle it's made that. to like it, i feel like the mm -hmm. minas tirith is designed this way because that's what they use for ammo for their trebuchets it's just pieces <laughs> of their own like let's just ignore how the hell they wrapped them around and dragged them to where they need to be to launch them but like mm -hmm. they're just able to magically just kill themselves to win like mm -hmm. i don't know is the best defense is a great offense i don't know like <laughs> Well, points to you for knowing what a trebuchet is. I had so. I had to build one it's in high school. It's the opposite of a catapult. <laughs> yes. Well, it's the well, same as a catapult. Yeah. It's just built well, differently. It uses, different, so. it uses the other side. So right, it's it's a little bit of different function. Okay, I, yeah. I I feel bad because I want to explain it, but I don't want you to think I'm trying to mansplain it. <laughs> <laughs> so, I'm so lost. I kind of I'm... know the concept of the trebuchet. <laughs> Okay, because well, like I had to build one in high school, which was a lot of fun. We uh, I did it as a team, and honestly, uh, the girl who was my best friend at the time, she took charge. Like she, her and her dad, like made all the blueprints and stuff. I really was there to lift things. That was pretty much mm -hmm. all I did at. But it, you know, like the trebuchet uses a weighted 
a system. So one end is weighted and that's what launches it where a catapult uses tension. Oh, okay. That's what it is. Mm-hmm. It, yeah. And um, it didn't matter because we still broke our trebuchet in half because our, our first attempt went really well with like 25% of the weight we thought we could use. And then we're like, okay, well, let's just go 200% and see if we can just launch this motherfucker. Yeah. And no. uh, immediately broke. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. 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 I know what they are because my brother in law is a professional jouster. So oh. <laughs> lots of renaissance type of things. And his former girlfriend was big into the Viking thing. Yeah. So. You have lots of talks of catapults versus trebuchets and all sorts of things. So, team trebuchet, tr- team catapult. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Also, like the trebuchets usually have kind of a what looks like a not like a sling. Yeah. Almost that that you put the stuff in. You know, a catapult's got like a a basket yeah, yeah. on one end, and it snaps forward like a mousetrap, and it flings whatever's in the basket. But the trebuchet kind of like almost like tumbles over itself to fling it forward so i don't know anyway all the fun stuff we are nerdy bitches by the way so history lesson with the nerdy bitches (laughs) history and physics and all the things (laughs) you just wait next week heather's gonna pull her stats oh yeah i'm so sick i'm so sick (laughs) of statistics and numbers right now though i'm just like no i don't want to deal with it you're like more yeah. orcs, please. I hope you guys are ready for December because it's accounting month at uh, Nerdy <laughs> Bitches. So uh, we're excited. We're going to balance those checkbooks, people. That's yep. right. Like who's balanced a checkbook in the last twenty years? Yeah, I know. Now that it, everything online is, banking uh, is real for. time now, man, you don't have to do anything. That's right. I do nothing. Okay, Gen Z, a check <laughs> is a piece of paper. <laughs> I know. How weird is it that we have pieces of paper in our life that you can just write your name and a number on and hand it to someone and they will accept that as actual money? Now, I I think a lot of old people think that that is what exposure means. So if you've ever been paid in exposure, it's kind of like these checks, which shouldn't make sense, but they did. I don't know. So, yeah. All right. (laughs) Okay. So anyway, so, um, so we get to the point where, okay, the battle in front of Minas Tirith has ended because the ghost army wiped everyone out and then Aragorn has released them, even though Gimli says, bad idea, let's keep them around, they're very handy, and we're going to go back on our word. And Aragorn's like, nah, I told him, that's fine, good, bye. And so, let's see, at this point, Frodo has been stabbed by a and spider. And Gollum has left him. Gollum, well... Gollum tried to attack him and Frodo threw him into a crevasse off the top of this mountain that he is in. They got into a fight when he finally told Gollum. I guess I don't know what Gollum thought they were doing. He's like, we're going to Mordor. I don't know why we're going. Master says we go. So we go. And like, even though they're talking about the ring and all this stuff, this whole journey, it has not even crossed his mind that they are going to destroy it. And once, you know, Frodo says, he's like, I got to get rid of this thing for both our sakes. I have to do this. He just goes all sorts of homicidal and Frodo just promptly like launches him off a cliff. And then he's like, all right, I'm going to do this. I got this. I'm going to go completely forgotten that he has already been hunted by a giant spider. He's just like, it's fine. (laughs) So sneaks up behind him in like the most nerve wracking scene Mm. ever and just stabs him with a stinger. And he's like, and then he starts foaming at the mouth and. The the scene where he get, the part where he gets all wrapped up by the spider web is kind of cool. Yeah, it's so disturbing. I hate spiders. You know what? Okay, so just slightly <laughs> worse than that is that the so the Wikipedia page where I kind of go through and so I can remember when um, Liz is saying people's names and I have no idea who she's talking about. Um, I'm always looking at the Wikipedia page and I was like, Aragorn. Okay, I know him. Like you know, 
Um, <laughs> she's a huge fan, guys. Yeah. Huge and fan. So, we promise. Anyway, though, there is one spot where they talk about the spider. <laughs> now I started coughing. Sorry. My bad. So they start talking about the spider, and then you hover over a link, and they're like, it's based on this spider. And then this giant spider pops up on my Wikipedia page. I'm like, what are you doing? You can't just do that. It's... I need a warning, please. I mean, I was just scrolling. <laughs> okay, that's it. That's the end of that part of the story. Okay, so for just for anybody who needs a, a little bit of a levity break, there is a uh, there's a video on YouTube you can find that's like spiders on drugs. Go watch that because oh it's fucking God, hilarious. It's the best. It's my favorite thing ever. I remember that now. We watched that the other night. I was just dying all over again. We should have a well, YouTube watch party. Like we should all get together yes. and stream YouTube videos together. Yep. <laughs> yeah, we could do that. That'd be awesome. Uh, we were watching the Honey Badger video because my D and D character just got a giant badger companion who I have named Honey. Of course, uh, I received her in a previous game, but never got to play her. So she has come oh, back. Good. I'm excited. But uh, anyway, so yeah, we should do that. That'll be awesome. So Frodo is now toast. Um, except Sam shows back up because once he fell halfway down the stairs, he found the broken Lembus bread and then he got mad. Real and mad. You know what? I just like that he went down there, saw the bread and was like, I knew I didn't eat that. <laughs> right? <laughs> and that was the funny thing. I'm like, okay, Frodo. What a shit friend are you? I get it. You're in the throes of some addiction. I get it. You're having a problem. This is fucking Sam. He hasn't eaten in a week because he's saving the bread for you for whatever reason. Like, um, you really? Yeah. So so anyway, Sam gets down to the bottom. He's like, oh, hey, our bread. Not that he thinks to pick it back yeah. up. He's like, I'm like, y'all have no more food <laughs> at all. Uh, so they've told you, at least in the book, they've told you don't drink the water here. So, you know bad ideas and uh, so he doesn't bring it but he goes back up and he finds somehow he finds his way to where the spider is just in the nick of time he has also found both sting and the light of illendil or whatever it is the star thing that galadriel gave him as a weird parting prize from lothorian it's the elvish so now he, yeah 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 so now he's got these two Thank things you, and he is going to take I, on the, <laughs> the big bad spider brian has to interpret this for me <laughs> <laughs> See, elves have these parties called raves where they uh glow stick. Yep. That's why they think they live forever. They're all high as like shit on ecstasy, man. It's just the rest, <laughs> everything else is just going slow motion for them. <laughs> yeah, Legolas is like, right. man, I've been alive for two thousand years, bruh. <laughs> you know, they're like, you're twenty six. Sure. Okay. Yeah, move out of your mom's basement or your dad's tree house. Um, anyway so yeah so now sam comes along to battle shelob the giant spider because he's three inches tall and the spider is huge and of course he got this hey the spider does not like that light he's not a fan of the glow sticks he has been burned by ecstasy before <laughs> he's like nah man i've had bad trips <laughs> get that shit away from me mm -hmm. <laughs> it, I and i had to think about this so like hobbits are what three foot tall like three foot six. Yeah. So, I mean, in all reality, this spider is maybe not that big. Like maybe a four foot spider, maybe five. It's like an F-350. Like F it's still probably much. <laughs> I would say this is still probably a 10 foot spider because the orcs aren't that small. And it, it's, it's, you know, it's, it's, I don't know. It could be a force perspective. It's an Escalade well, size. You know, not 
crazy big. <laughs> but here's the deal. Even if the spider is four fucking feet tall, that is a huge goddamn spider. Oh, I'm nuking my city. If that's... Pony, yeah. Because yeah. it's, just it's like, because this didn't down. just appear. Something gave birth to it, <laughs> and it's here. There's more than mm-hmm. one. Just burn it down. It's like, it's been up there for a really long time. You think somebody other than a hobbit would have thought, maybe we should call the exterminator. Uh, I guess it works for Sauron for keeping people from sneaking into Mordor. My guess is it's more for keeping people from sneaking Yes, out. based on the skulls, it really is. Uh, there was lots of, this one had a lot of bones, right? Yeah. Yeah, it eats a lot yeah. of orcs. Why not? Orcs come up here. And in the book, they talk, it's really funny. Like they give something from the spider's perspective. <laughs> She's talking about that weird little guy is here again, but he worships me and brings me food and shit. So I guess I'll let him live. It's cool. You're like, mm. <laughs> okay. all right. Cool. That's what we call sure. a simp. No. <laughs> I'm sorry. I couldn't help myself. <laughs> Ugh, so weird. So, anyway, so Sam does not kill the spider, but he does stab it a couple times and it gets really annoyed and it decides to go uh, back into its spidey. You know hole. what? That is what spiders do. Like, if you kind of go after them a little bit, they're like, mm-hmm. oh, no, I'm out of here. And then they leave. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Oh, oh, wait. Mm-hmm. Run away. Yeah. So, so he runs away and he runs over and has his little sad moment because he, you know, Frodo's dead. It's the saddest thing. And he, you know, rips the spider web off of his face, which I don't know what they made that spider web stuff out of, but it's fucking weird. Ugh. It looked yeah. like it. I, I don't even want to talk about what it looked like, but it was just gross. It looked and like so glue. So he rips the face hole open. It looked like glue, hmm? like past, or like sure. um, decoupage. Hmm. Something. <laughs> anyway, it's... So he rips the face open and now he's like, don't leave me. Don't go where I can't follow. And then, um, so Sting glows blue when orcs are near. Why? Nobody knows, but it does. It was made by elves, high elves at that. And so it glows. So he runs off and hides as you do. Then orcs show up and they're like, oh, we should take this guy. He's like, wait, he's dead. Why? He goes, oh, he's not dead. Sam's like, not dead because he's never seen a spider before, I guess, doesn't understand how spiders eat. Uh, But they take, but none of these orcs, again, not the smart orcs in Mordor because not one of them goes, I wonder who cut open his face hole. (laughs) Like, this is really weird. This is strange. His, uh, she has amazing control with her web spinning skills that she avoided his face perfectly. Like, <laughs> what? They don't even notice. So then Sam follows them. Uh, they they all get in a big fight. They've stolen everything from Frodo. They you know took the shirt, his uh, mithril armor, whatever. They take it to the Dark Tower in the extended edition, and the mouth of Sauron ends up with it, and he is the creepiest fucking character in the world. Oh, yeah. He's, he's just n- like a giant head with That's sharp teeth. That's not in the... Um, yeah. It's uh, not in the I've... theatrical. No, that one's added. That guy's name is the mouth of Sauron. That's what he does, is he speaks for the eyeball oh, in the sky. <laughs> but anyway, so Sam follows him to the, pal- like the fortress of Orkville, and he's playing... He's going to go in there with his little pointy sword and, uh, you know, do the thing and kill everybody because he's a hobbit who gardens and he knows how to do that. But by the time he gets there, the orcs have, in fact, fought with each other down to one guy. So so Sam is now using the power of light and shadow to make himself look weird. And so the orcs are thrown off guard and scared. And then he runs up and he's a little guy. And they're like, oh, little guy. But he's super mad. So he kills them all. 
I'll buy it. Anyway, he goes, oh, yeah, I know. It's like, fine, it's fine. He's super mad. This is his boy toy that has been taken. Oh. He is very sad. <laughs> you, oh, you may not have listened to our fan fiction episode that I did with Mandy from Caster Quest two years ago. I mean, <laughs> everyone stares at each other very lovingly. And there's a lot of that going there, there's on. There's yes. a lot of things. There's a lot of weird kissing that sometimes happens what? and, and looks. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. So this, so that's what's causing all these weird looks is it's just like, these are all this like, Hey, we won't let it get weird. Right. But it gets, it just gets sexual weird. tension. Yeah. It's fine. We just need release. It's prison. Well, it's okay. Maybe middle earth it's... didn't have to suffer from toxic masculinity. Mm-hmm. You know, like I think it probably <laughs> did not. So we now have Sam who has stuck the last orc in the back in a hole in the ceiling somehow that seemed to work. I don't know how, I don't know. The logistics on these things kind of blew my mind, but he goes and he, he's rescuing Frodo who, by the way, they have stripped out of his clothing. He just has pants on. He's furry, which is fine. And he's got, his arms are tied together with the world's largest rope. Like it is this large, it's like four feet around, like the kind you used to find on the playground Mm -hmm. at school, you know, that like held the shit together. This big massive rope is tying his tiny little hands together. I'm like, you couldn't, you couldn't get out of that. Yeah, like, he's, I know there was like it's rope for grownups, and you bet you got this little hobbit. <laughs> it's like rope for monsters. Like this is what you you get the giant or with the you know these other ones. Like you used it on the, that. Mm, not right, guys. Mm-hmm. Again, not the smartest orcs in Middle Earth. Uh, but anyway, so he rescues him. He's like, it's over, Sam. It doesn't matter. They took the ring, and this is when we get Fro- Sam, who's like. Oh, they didn't. Uh, I thought you were dead and I was going to leave you for dead because uh, I can't carry your body anywhere. I didn't think to hide it because I'm Sam and I didn't think that far. I was just trying to hide. It's cool. Sam definitely has that like, don't be mad, but. <laughs> right. <laughs> I, I mean, you were dead technically. So, yeah. So he's taking the ring and, you know, Frodo, of course, is like, give it back you bastard he's like i saved your ass and i probably i mean they, like if he had been in his right mind it would have been like maybe we should trade off on this so it affects us you know less so over time and uh you know, he's like gone into crazy mode and then and, and again in the movie i don't like that they they give sam a moment of pause i didn't like that either ring. and that doesn't yeah. happen in the book he's like take it here's a fucking ring he's like i can carry it but I know you're going to have, you're going to lose your mind and I don't want it. So here you go. Like, I don't like the, They did the same thing to Faramir and they do it to Sam. And these are the two who like, yeah, would never. Well, I, the part of me was that. like, I, I think they could have been saying it. Maybe Samwise is like, I actually don't want you to hold this ring anymore. Uh, Frodo. Like, so I could kind of see like, you couldn't tell his intentions there, but you know, Frodo was not listening and he was just being a dick, you know, Oh, you just saved me, but give me the ring, you know, give it. It's my burden. I was like, you sound like such a fucking marker. I know. <laughs> Stop it. Exactly. Very emo. Uh, he is. Yeah. He is. That's that's basically, he is the Harry Potter. They're fattening him for slaughter and this kind of thing. And you're like, oh, okay. So, I don't know. Anyway, so there's that. And then we flop back to the others who have, they have now moved into the city, even though he is not the king yet. But they moved into the city and they're talking about, what do we do now? And they're like, well, you know, his army, he's still got a bunch of armies, but they're stuck in their walls. And Gimli's like, let him stay there. They're like, y'all remember Frodo and Sam, right? And they have to walk across that entire country uh, to destroy this ring. And there's 10,000, you know, orcs in their way. So they decide that they are going to go knock on the front door and uh, just draw their attention. And so they do. They just ride on up to the gate. 
And in the extended edition, the mouth of Sauron comes out to show them that they have the thing. And he uh, insinuates that they have tortured and murdered Frodo. But uh, so Aragorn's like, well, that sucks. But give me my mail shirt back because that's mithril and it's worth a fortune. And somebody's got to finance the cleanup around here. I don't know. And uh, he just goes up and chops the guy's head off. As you do when you're negotiating uh, with your enemies, <laughs> it saves time. Yeah, it does, I guess it does. that's how that's how I so play D and I'm supposed to negotiate, and I was like, so I just take an axe and hit it, and then they're like, yeah, this was a this Done. was a puzzle, yeah. uh, <laughs> 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 and it's to open the secret door, but now you've destroyed it. I'm like, oh yeah, yeah, All right, there we go. exactly. Go. It's cool. Yeah. It's fine. So then uh, the you know the gate opens, and all of Mordor is is tromping towards them, but they have to. You ever notice they have to like all get into position and the other guys just stand there waiting for them to get into position. That's how war works, right? <laughs> but anyway, so they are they are now waiting for Mordor's army to get into battle for chess, as you do. And this gives Frodo and Sam uh, time to wander across the entire country of Mordor. At some point, they get to the mountain. Frodo just can't go on anymore. He's dying. He's over it. Doesn't care. He can't even see. And so Sam's like, I'm going to carry you because sure. <laughs> they get attacked by Gollum again, who has somehow fallen down a giant crevasse and beaten them to the mountain. He got a dude. second health bar. That's what happened. They all did. Like <laughs> uh, Sam gets a second, like his, his super like power, whatever charges, he unleashes it, picks up Frodo and is just like. Gollum found a yeah, heart. Yeah, so you know he he just comes back because it's like almost <laughs> final boss time, almost. Mm -hmm. And then you know Frodo, he's there. But then no, he could. But the, the final boss is fucking Gollum. He's like, they never fight Sauron. They never do any of that. The final boss is Gollum, and so he you know bites Sam and he's fighting him. And Frodo gets a second wind, I guess, and jumps up and runs into the very conveniently carved door in the middle of a volcano for no, no guards no and nothing a, nothing nothing and and like and like a giant uh walkway straight to Not, the edge that has been carved here for what purpose doesn't even I put a throwing? door on it like, like, just yeah. nothing <laughs> no it's just a cave hole and they're like you know this is a good place you i mean put a handrail I mean, there i'm just saying <laughs> it just be something it's like you know elrond and uh and uh, El what is his name? Uh, Isidor got in here like three three thousand years ago. You think somebody would have gone? Hey, boss, maybe, maybe you should put a Nazgul here. I'm just saying, if this is the only place the ring can be destroyed, and we think that's what's happening, maybe I don't know. So, anyways, uh, you know, Sam finally gets up. He's disoriented, and he goes in trying to find Frodo, who is standing staring at the the precipice here, and uh, wants to. You know, he should be throwing the ring. And Sam's like, what the fuck are you waiting for? <laughs> Throw that shit away. And Frodo's like, mm, nah, I'm going to keep it. <laughs> he just like, claims yeah. it. And I like that. I like that all of the, all of Mordor goes, Rrr! and like, as soon as he puts the ring on, they're like, Rrr! what's happening? Oh my God. And, I was uh, so frustrated. I remember it's like, I really, I know. I was so angry. <laughs> then Sam, poor Sam gets, he's crying now. He's like, what is wrong with you? Motherfucker. I hate you. <laughs> Uh, but I still love you. And he gets brained with a rock. I'm very <laughs> concerned for his health at this point. So Gollum has brained him with a rock. And he runs up to Frodo and they start fighting over the ring. Gollum bites his finger off. 
So, like, from then on, he is known as Frodo of the Nine Fingers. <laughs> I'm not even kidding. That is what they call him from that wow. point on. So, Fro- Fro- Frodo loses his finger and the ring. Gollum has the ring. And, of course, Frodo is now, like, bleeding out <laughs> a lot. But not concerned enough with this bleeding out. He's going to go fight Gollum to get his weird finger and ring back. And they fall off the cliff. I it was I was so frustrated that this is how it ended and like you know then my husband's like you know that's how it is in the book too and I was like <laughs> really <laughs> the freaking idiot just falls off the edge okay that mm-hmm. that I was yeah. very frustrated I still am again they don't have a rail but honestly at that point I was like good <laughs> fine I'm okay with that it's gone right it's don't even like Frodo anymore <laughs> <laughs> no I'm over it I I stopped liking him a while back uh, but yeah so we see Gollum falling clutching the ring he has in fact pulled it off of frodo's finger and chucked the finger as you do and he is now clutching the ring to his chest he is so joyful he is orgasmic it is weird and he lands in the lava like you do and just lays there yes i guess it would take a little while to notice that you are in fact i think he was just happy and so he's just like kind of euphoric to the point where he Mm -hmm. just didn't notice he was dying and catching on fire well, they say that whenever you get burned, you don't always feel it because it destroys your nerve endings. So I would think it could take a second. It takes to, a second regardless. Really... Like, even if it didn't destroy your nerve endings, like, right. I'm like, oh, shit. Like, I, 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 you know, I've just had my hand on an iron. Oh, I better move yeah. away. Problem. <laughs> yeah. So, so he basically drowns. But, of course, the ring, he's still holding up. So it is the very last thing to go. And we see it just floating on the surface because it is very resilient. It would have been better if he would have just done the thumbs up from Terminator 2. Like, like, I got mine. (laughs) That would have been awesome. So, again, something else that probably was pulled from Lord of the Rings. Uh, uh, I will argue that Terminator 2 came out before (laughs) Return of the King. No. No, this happened in the book. So the book oh, was in yeah, 19, right. 1954. So yeah, not oh, the movie, yeah, yeah. but this this is from the book and uh, it came out in 1954. So uh, so finally the ring lights up with its inscription and then it finally starts to melt. I know. The but it end. did like instantaneous. Like as soon as it hit that melt point, it's just like, and I'm gone. Yeah, it was like, yeah. Yeah, exactly. It was like, oh, that's all it took. Okay, cool. Uh, <laughs> and we're like, oh, that's it. That's the end. It's not at all. So now Sam has finally gotten up because he's got a concussion and he's trying to figure out what happened to Frodo because we didn't see Frodo in the lava. Uh, He's hanging from the cliff with one arm. This is not a thing that happens. Isn't he like hanging on with his four-fingered arm? No, no. He's hanging on with the the not injured arm. But in order to get up, he has to throw his bloody... four-fingered bloody stump of a hand up for sam to grab and not slip which he does yeah (laughs) to the fat hobbit who has like very little in the way of muscle tone so this is really who you want pulling you up he carried him up the side of the mountain (laughs) so i mean he did carry i know he did they give they give sam a bad rap because he hadn't eaten in a week he is not fat anymore i would not have forgiven frodo like i i at the end you kind of like wanted him to because they just show him just like waking up, right? And then, you know, and mm-hmm. then Sam, oh, 
okay sorry talk about the fucking eagles let's get there first yeah Yeah. (laughs) i'll just it's it's like 75 Uh, (laughs) different endings let's keep going all right (laughs) so ending number one begins so we have frodo and sam now hauling ass out of the volcano because it is exploding why because the power source was the melted ring i guess i don't know it's a volcano. That doesn't make sense to me. Even though the tower crumbled and fell, which structurally also doesn't make sense to me, was the tower Sauron? Does he live in the tower? Like, I don't understand. There's a lot of things. Because, like, matter. if the ring yeah. is tied to it so much that he would crumble when it is destroyed like that, how could he not feel it when it entered Mordor? Like, how does he not? Like, there's yes. there's so many things that don't and, exactly and, add up. But Like the fact he mm-hmm. made it. Like, what was it like before it was made? Well, and also like they, so they say somewhere in there that, you know, the Nazgul at all times feel the power of the ring. Frodo was climbing up the side of a cliff next to the witch king of Angmar and he didn't have a fucking clue. You know, some leaders Mm -hmm. like to tell lies and um, (laughs) stretch the truth (laughs) to seem more powerful than they really are. Not that I would know this firsthand living in America, (laughs) but (laughs) why would you? Why would you? They just change the past to make it their truth. I got it. We just tell you often enough, you will eventually believe it. I just just don't understand the power of the stupid thing that he created. Like, you know, like if I made a pot out of, you know, clay, Mm. and even Mm. if I gave it my own power, it's not like if it went away, I would die. Like, so what did he do? He just said, I'm going to put all of my power into this. And then if you cut off my finger, I'm fucked. Why didn't you just keep yourself strong? Right. Why would you physically be there if you had all the orcs in the world? Makes no sense. But also, this is probably where the idea for a Horcrux came yeah, from. Yeah, there's lots of, like, a Horcrux all over the place, you know. Um, mm-hmm. And then the, the, the fact that the um, the trio there kept switching around the Horcrux because I made somebody moody. Yeah, that was a good idea, Frodo. <laughs> Yeah, uh-huh. yeah, that would have worked uh, delightfully. They learned um, from that. But yeah, so they run out because, again, now the volcano is about to erupt, as it does, and they are in the middle of it. So they run and they jump and they get to a place that does not have lava on it. And then they lay there and it's like fade to black. We're like, wow, that was, whew, that was something. We see the end of the, you know, there has been a battle going on up front uh, with, Aragorn and and the Mordor people who have now gotten so confused they've literally just turned around and run away they're like we don't know where we're going it's not back to Mordor I'll tell you that and they just run off into the world uh, as you do we see the eagles come in at the last second and then we pull the line from the hobbit the eagles are coming the eagles are coming blah 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 and uh yeah fade to black yeah and then we fade to white again fade back in out I don't know and now we see Gandalf, and he is flying in with three giant eagles. Yep. It was cool, but it was just like, those are convenient. Um, they would have been handy. That's uh... They were incredibly handy, and they brought three of them because there should have been three of them to take back out. Mm-hmm. Oh. They were going to bring that. So he knew, he knew that they had Gollum. How? How does Gandalf know these things? He didn't know Frodo was alive, but he knows enough to bring a third bird. I guess maybe Faramir could have told him, but I don't think they had a chance to talk before they left. Yeah. It was probably in the director's extended secret dead. cut that no one got to see. <laughs> it was the Snyder Cut version of... Uh... <laughs> this is when we are in space. I don't know. So, so the eagles come and pick them up, and we get another fade out. 
You're like, oh, oh, okay. So when we're watching this in 2003 in the movie theater, we see this and you're, you're emotional. This is, oh, and it's, you have you know, to it's release and you're yeah. maybe have a little tear happening. You know, there's things happening and they just keep like coming and going, just fading in and fading out. So the Eagles pick them up. They fade out again. You're like, oh, that, oh, okay. Oh, okay. We're, we're back. We're back. So then they, you know, big white fade in and go Frodo's laying in a bed, has no, like, battle scars on his face. He just climbed down, like, four different mountains. He's got no scratches. He's awake. And, of course, the first thing he sees when he wakes up is Gandalf, who he didn't even know was alive because he fell in fucking Moria. Why do you assume you were dead? Like, I would have assumed I was dead. Okay, there's my (laughs) wizard friend. He's all white. It's really bright Bright. here. I died. (laughs) He's like, oh, this is... This is it. And then, but immediately he knows, oh, no, no, that's real Gandalf. I mean, I would have been concerned that there was a doppelganger of something. Like, I would just, I would have been confused. I'll say that. He does not seem to be all that confused. He's elated. And then one by one, the members of the fellowship come wandering in and they're very excited to see Frodo. And the last one to come into the room is Sam, who is also wearing his nightgown. And he's just looking, like, he and Frodo just share that look. But, like, nobody gives a fuck that Sam is there. And I was like, Max, Frodo did it. He did it. Like, did he, though? Mm. I know. I was so frustrated. Because if I were Sam, I'd be like, oh, my God, look what I went through for you for this mm. asshole. And then at the end, <laughs> he had to have a little goblin t- or a little Smeagol, whatever his name is, take his take mm-hmm. the ring from him. Because he, he decided that, oh, no, that was better. That was the better end to this story. So, you know what? Right. Screw you, Frodo. I'm annoyed with you. Uh <laughs> He's like, you were going to take it, motherfucker, <laughs> just because you got stopped. Yeah, <laughs> Frodo needed. But Sam's just like, I won't say anything. Yeah. I love you. Frodo needed okay. to uh, put Sam as his next of kin in his wheel and then leave the fuck away <laughs> and let Sam become the next rich dude of the Shire because that's the only thing that's worth it. Because bullshit. <laughs> oh, Heather's figured out the end of the book. <laughs> Is that really what happened? Uh-huh. Oh, well, good. Because <laughs> it's about time. Because he owes him a shit ton. He owes him more than his lives, you know. So uh, yeah, that's uh, that's exactly what happens. So anyway, they uh, then they cut to a big scene. Everyone is everyone in Gondor is on the top of the key of that uh, Minas Tirith, and it looks structurally unsound. I'm just saying they've been blowing walls out from it for months. I don't understand, but whatever. So now we have the crowning of the king. His coronation is happening. In the theatrical release, this is where we see Eowyn and Faramir for the last time standing next to each other, dressed nicely. That's it. There was no indication that they are now happily in love, which the extended edition does add, which is nice. Uh, Arwen shows up. They they kiss. It, they get married. They don't really show the marriage in the movies. They, they do. They get married. And then it takes them seven and a half hours to walk back home. Yes. And then they fade again out, though, right? Yep, fade out again. We're like, oh, okay, you're home. Good. Nope, nope. Now they show back up in Hobbiton, looking very dapper and very royal, as you would after a very long march from Gondor to the Shire. And so they show up, and Farmer Maggot's there, and he's laughing at them and all the things. And we think, oh, this is, okay, good. So then we go back, and we see Frodo is finishing the book, but he's he's a little morose. He's a little down. Sam's like, what's your problem? He's like, it's been four years since they stabbed me on Weathertop. He's like, oh, cool. And so then we fade out again. And then a covered wagon shows up. We have seen 
no forms of transportation like this throughout the entire movie. They have walked or ridden a pony everywhere. But now we've got a cart. So they have they have a Bilbo in the, the cart. He has gotten very old. Since he doesn't have the ring anymore, he's gotten very old. So they all travel with him to the sea, which none of them have ever been to. And when they get there, Gandalf and Elrond and Galadriel and Celeborn are all there waiting. And so they're, oh, Bilbo, they're letting you go across the sea with them. That is amazing. As a ring bearer, you get to do that. Okay. And so all the hobbits are sad and they're a little, you know, snot crying and whatever they're doing. They're very sad. And then uh, Gandalf's like, so time to go, Frodo. <laughs> they're like, the fuck? And uh, he's like, I'm leaving. I, I'm done. I'm done. And Sam, because I treat you like shit, this is when I tell you. Yeah, exactly. Sorry, I didn't, wasn't going to give you a hint. You wouldn't have let me go. Uh, but so then he gives the book to Sam. And uh, he's like, you you get to write the list because you held the ring for 32 minutes while I was asleep on Spider Venom. Um, and then the boat sails away and it fades to black and everyone sits there going, is, it, is this it? Is, is that it? Is this, are we done? Mm. Or not. <laughs> <laughs> so, it's like I, and i'm at this point i'm like you know what i'm done with this movie i mean i love it now but when i was in the theater it was like fucking movie is emotionally manipulative because i have tried to be good with it five times and now i don't trust you anymore i don't trust you <laughs> so the end the end oh mm -hmm. my god and then there's another ending no <laughs> oh. <laughs> you're still just like traumatized and like um i, I do remember so. that i needed to pee and uh, uh, during that ending, and I was like, oh, my God, am I going to make it? Like, because it kept, it's already a long movie. It was like, th it's, I mean, not. It's three and a half hours for the theatrical. Yeah, and so, and then it just wouldn't stop. Like, that is the limit of my ability here. I need to go. <laughs> I know, you're like, my bladder's done, and so am I. Out. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> that is the lovely thing about having the digital copies or the DVDs is you can, uh, you can do that. Mm -hmm. You can pause and go. It's delightful. <laughs> yeah. Any final thoughts on Return of the King? I hate Frodo. <laughs> I do too. <laughs> I like Brian. Are you still a Frodo fan? I don't think I ever was. If I'm being honest, mm -hmm. I think I was always more fond of Sam because um, mm -hmm. he was just he, he was the guy. Like he was the one who kept kept the morale up the whole time. He was the one who kept pushing forward. And yeah. I think out of the Hobbits, he was probably my favorite. Um, but when I first watched this, I mean, this was back in 2003. So I was, oh, what, 13, 14, something like that. So mm -hmm. back then I'm like, yeah, Legolas and Gimli, let's kill some people. You know, because it's like, <laughs> they're like kids playing Halo or like Call of Duty. You know, it's all about your kill, your kill ratio and stuff. So I'm like, yeah, this is who I identify with. <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah i i 100 percent think that sam is the hero of the story like even over all the others because if it weren't for him they wouldn't have gotten to the end of the road at all frodo would have been dead uh as soon as he crossed that river and went on by himself Gollum would have snuck up behind him and murdered him yeah, yeah. <sighs> yeah Facts. So. anyway i think sam does not get his he does not get the just do on this at all and i think that's that's a shame I agree. So, uh, Heather, do we have a quote this week? I do. So, again, we're doing uh, Lord of the Rings tweets here. So, Elizabeth, Elizabeth Brunig at E. Brunig tweeted uh, a little conversation between Gandalf and Elrond. Uh, said, uh, Gandalf, 
It is in men that we must place our hope. And Elrond says, have you seen their tweets? <laughs> and there you go. Yeah. All right. Truth. So anyway, that is uh, kind of it for week three, our discussion here. So uh, Brian, what, where can everybody find you and what do you have going on? Do you have anything you want to promote? Yeah, you can find me on the internet. I, I do things there. No. So that's, a, uh, that's where I, that's his shire. <laughs> you can find me just lost aimlessly around my hometown, riding a bike, <laughs> thinking about life and and flowers and mm. sometimes no. Uh so yeah, I do a podcast, talk about comic books, pop culture, all kinds of fun random things, and it's called the Bry Fi Podcast. That's B R Y F Y podcast. Um we try to have a lot of fun. It's just me. So um, it's maybe not as qu- quite as entertaining as this, but I try, you know. Um, also, I just started on my Patreon doing a daily show. Mm. So, uh, you, for- good Lord, man. <laughs> <laughs> like, how do you do this? <laughs> um, the secret is sheer determination and monster energy drinks. <laughs> But uh, yeah, so for as little as a dollar, you can sign up for my Patreon and get uh, all that. I mean, there's, I think I'm in my fourth week of doing it now. Plus there's a year's worth of content already on top of that. Mm-hmm. So for $1, you unlock it all. It's amazing. It's the best loot crate you'll ever receive. Um, <laughs> and other than that, I mean, I'm on regular social media, just like you guys. I'm on Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat, Xbox Live, where I play video games and stuff. and switch to where i used to play animal crossing with liz mm-hmm. <laughs> once once you came and played with me once you should see my island now it is stellar i need to and mine's probably trash because i haven't opened it <laughs> in like four weeds. months <laughs> yeah but uh all, all my social media stuff is at bri podcast and it's you know just try to keep it easy well we are super glad you came to hang out with us today it's, we've been trying to make it work for a long time and just here we are I just, it always liked being like, you know, the carrot out in front of y'all. Like, <laughs> like no, <laughs> actually I've been dying. I've always been trying to like throw hints your way. Like, Hey, you know, if you ever need a guest, like <laughs> I'm not doing anything. I'm just home Happy wishing I could help. be, no, I, I was like, Hey, you know, it's my birthday in September too. Mm-hmm. Wink, wink. <laughs> yeah. I think yours is the day after mine. Yeah. So Your, um, yours and Bilbo. Day or, day or two. Yeah. One of the two. So, mine yeah. is the 28th. Mine's the 27th. So yeah. All right. Yeah. yeah party. It, and when's, and when's Bilbo and Frodo? The 22nd. September. Yeah. Mm. That's how big a dork I am. So happy birthday to you, Brefi. We are glad you came to hang out. Happy birthday to you. I'm glad that you let me come hang out. Oh. Okay, all right. We're doing better now. We've, we've opened the door up. The, the ceiling, the, I don't know, what, what the hell do you call the glass ceiling for men? Just the floor? I don't even I don't know. know. It's, just, know. <laughs> it's open. The uh, pigsty of men. No. Yeah. No, I mean, now we, you now, can... we, now we just spend all our time cleaning up shit. Right. <laughs> uh, pretty much. And I, and I once again apologize for that. Oh, uh, it's all right. <laughs> well, and where that, where that came from is what a couple weeks before that you had gotten sick and you let me take over your show. 
which hopefully I did a okay job on. And then I was like, hey, yeah, we should do that. We should have the guys do it. That'd be amazing. Mm. I should have given a little more direction, I think. <laughs> That's okay, you know. Yeah, you just left it. Open I did. I was like, yeah, whatever. Because well, I know all of you guys, and I was like, they're not gonna do anything weird. I didn't trust you. Them. Should know mm. how men act. Like if you're like, like you know, you tell your guy, like, <laughs> hey, you know, the house looks a little dirty. Like he's not gonna do it, right? You have to explain. No, hey, no. I want you to clean the house. Y'all have met Paul, right? Like. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, well, like, I'm very so spoiled. Paul is like the shining, like, right. golden statue of what a man should be because he's always, like, super sweet and, yeah. like, he's a good guy. He's, he is the Sam. Mm -hmm. Oh, he is. And, Absolutely. I mean, you're, you're both, you're both Sam. You both are yeah. awesome and just great. So there's no, there's no bad in this. Well, I always you ask people this. Awesome. So, Brian, which race of characters would you want to be if you lived in Middle Earth? Ooh. Um, I, I think I'd still want to be human. I am, I'm very, well, I'm lazy. So maybe a hobbit would fit my way, but <laughs> I would be too scared of everything if I was a hobbit. So, you know, just be a human. It's fine. Like I get to ride a horse and maybe die if I fight, but I don't want to fight. You know, I'll just, I'll be like that guy who just went and hid somewhere, you know, right. I'm just like the crazy hermit in the mountains or something like that. Mm -hmm. So I think I'd still want to be human. I, I don't have a desire to live for thousands of years or be tiny. Mm -hmm. Heather, did we pick yours the other day? I've forgotten. Well, I just talked about my orc character. <laughs> on <laughs> that's yeah. right. I've got uh, the Scandinavian orc thing going on. Mm. I'm, I'm working on my D and D. Anyway, yeah, I'm full blooded Hobbit. That's just I'm like a Hobbit bard. That's just <laughs> my life now. So it's fine. It's cool. Yeah, someone in my group always plays halflings, just a different type of halfling. I've never time, actually so. played the halflings in D&D. I usually play an elf or a half-elf of some kind, but usually a bard. Now I'm playing a ranger, so she's still fairly apathetic, mm -hmm. though. She's yeah. like, meh. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm enjoying the, the orc. Mm -hmm. 75 hit points. Yeah. Man. Wow. Holy shit. Yeah. yeah. My I just want to be the 13. guy that's <laughs> like on the sidelines, like, you can do it. Go. <laughs> you bard. Bard. Go, Frodo, Go. <laughs> Sam, like you can do better. <laughs> you yeah, guys are doing awesome. Keep it up. You'll be that Thanks. guy that shows up to every race with a sign that just says "Go Team Go" or whatever. That's funny. Yeah, that, nothing specific about right. Yay, Nobody. He's, he's, he's the sports. Aaron Burr of Middle Earth. <laughs> anyway, sorry. Anyway, I think that's all we have for this week. Uh, you guys, make sure if you want to su go support Bryfi because he's amazing. Listen to his show; we love it. He is our go-to comics guy, so stick with that. Because well, you. you are like we we don't know what we're talking about. We're like we call Ryan. Stop. <laughs> oh, stop! Uh, but you can support his Patreon. You can also support our Patreon if you want to help us out. We are patreoncom bitches. and we also have our new merch store available. Uh, nerdybitches.com/store. And you can go see all of our art stuff and other independent artists that we have liked and have curated into our store. You can go support them as well, which is amazing. And for this month, um, we would also like to remind you, if you are uh, in the United States, we have kind of a we have a thing coming up in November. And we really um, we want to get Sauron out of office. So we say it's time to go register to vote. Double check. Are you registered? There's websites out there that can tell you if you are. If you're not, figure out what your what your state's rules are now. Here in Texas, we cannot register to vote online. You have to mail it in. So don't wait till the last minute. You have up until 30 days before the date of election to register, but don't wait. Just go do it now. Do it today. Yeah, you're... 
your Secretary of State's website is going to have uh, all the information about voting. So uh, don't go to some fake uh, no. website. And uh, I mean, it's secretaryofstate.gov mm-hmm. or something. Yeah, just like Google, <laughs> to, you know, no com. your state. It'll be .gov for sure. Yeah. If there's a .com, look again. Uh, anyway, yeah. so we just want to remind you to do that. We're not telling you how to vote. We just want everyone to make sure that they get out and uh, do that, please. Yep. And thank you. Yeah, if you want to if you want to cancel our votes out, fine. Just vote. Yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, what we really want to get is the people who never bothered to vote. So that's 50 percent of us. If you could go out and do that, that'd be great. So, yep. anyway. All right. All right. So we will see you guys next week. Next week is our book club episode for this month. And we will be covering The Hobbit with our friend Sarah Candela. So make sure that if you want to read the book and not be spoiled, you go ahead and get started now. All right. All right. Anyway, we'll see you guys next week. All right. See you. Later. Music provided by www.bensound.com and please email feedback to contact us at nerdybitches.com. I want more smog. <laughs>